Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. If you open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 29, I, I, I want to walk us through uh, what God has put on my heart in this book, Love Outside the Lines. And, and I know what some of you may be thinking, this is not the black guy coming to preach on racism. Uh, this is a friend of this house. Uh, coming to unpack God's word today, and and uh, and I and I pray that we become family, and um, you know uh, at a lot of churches that I get to speak at, I'm I'm affectionately known as Uncle Jimmy, and so uh, you have a black uncle. Come on, somebody, uh, if you didn't know that. But it says this in Galatians three twenty six and twenty nine: For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Can someone say all? And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. And then it goes on to a second kind of phrase or meaning. It says, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you are all, somebody say all, you are all one in Christ Jesus, and now you belong to Christ. You are the true children of Abraham, Father Abraham, and many sons and many sons that Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. <laughs> you are heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Uh, James River, today I, I want to preach to you or share with you from the topic family reunion. And here's the deal, I don't know about your family reunion, but me growing up when we had the best family reunions, the best food, the best ribs, the best steak, the best fried chicken, the best Maryland blue crabs, I grew up in Maryland, the best seafood. and. Man, family reunions was like a thing. Like we, in our family reunion, don't judge me. You might not know this. We didn't play pickleball. We played horseshoes. <laughs> like the electric slide. Come on, somebody. It was kind of our thing. Like, and family reunions were absolutely amazing, and we look forward to them every year. And, and uh, 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 how many of you got crazy family? Raise your hand if you got some crazy family. If you don't have your hand up, you're probably the crazy family. <laughs> um, not me. I have no issues. Right? <laughs> And doing this family reunion, and no lie, my, my, my mom and dad have a lot of brothers and sisters. My mom has 10 brothers and sisters. My mom, my dad has eight brothers and sisters. And they didn't like, their parents didn't like kids. They just liked each other a whole lot. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and so we had, our family reunions were packed. And, and, and uh, uh, every year, no exaggeration, there's about four to 600 people that met at a place called Blobs Park. And... And, 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 and we had a, uh, uh, this tradition where my Aunt Bessie, everybody needs an Aunt Bessie. Aunt Bessie can cook. Like, if you have the name Bessie, you make gravy really well. Like, if you have the name Bessie, you have a lot of flab hanging off your arm right here and an ashy elbow. Come on, somebody. Like, <laughs> if you have a Bessie, they probably have plastic over the chairs in the house, right? If you have a Bessie, uh, my Aunt Bessie was was responsible for the family reunion t-shirts. And, and every year, uh, Aunt Bessie, she, she would get these family reunion t-shirts. And this was the actual t-shirt that I had uh, growing up. And I would put it on this morning, but it'd be offensive. Y'all know what I'm saying? It would be like yellow Spanx. And, um, and so Aunt Bessie had these family reunions. And she's not a graphic artist. I don't know if you can tell. Um, and, and every year, her job was to make sure that everyone uh, had a t-shirt, and so everyone who was a part of our family would get a t-shirt in the mail, we would wear it 
to the family reunion. And then Aunt Bessie had this anointing. Aunt Bessie would show up and she would, she would park her car at the front of Blobs Park. And literally, she would look in people's cars to see who was a part of the family. Now, at our family reunion, you know, we had a lot of party crashers. Come on, somebody. Like, people who weren't a part of the family but loved the food. You know what I mean? People <laughs> who weren't a part of the family but knew that we were having Maryland blue crabs. Like, they weren't a part of the family, but they were showing up. And, and Aunt Bessie, she, she would, although we, everyone would have their t-shirts, she'd had this extra box of t-shirts in her trunk. And in this box of t-shirts was a bunch of extra shirts for everyone who would show up to the family reunion who wasn't a part of our biological family, but Aunt Bessie wanted to make sure that nobody felt left out. And, and Aunt Bessie would say, hey, you need a t-shirt, you need a t-shirt. And it's one specific year I'll never forget because Man, I'm at our family reunions, it was diverse. Man, it was it was white people and black people and Hispanic people and 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 ex-cons and criminals and <laughs> you can laugh. They were it was true. It's just, and and my parents would have this conversation on the way to the family reunion. They would say, "Hey, make sure you stay close and 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 and, and you know don't go to the bathroom by yourself and 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 avoid these people." And my parents, I literally, they were serious. Like like don't go near Uncle. June June. Now, in our family, you had nicknames, June June. I don't know if that's, if he was born in June. I, I don't know what that is. And I would have these questions in my, like, if they're family, why are you telling us to avoid them? If, if they're a part of the family and they have a t-shirt, why can't I talk to them? And this one year, Aunt Bessie decided to put everybody's name on the back of the t-shirt who was a part of the family. And so I I had to find my name, and so I found my name on the back of this t-shirt, and, and there it is, James Rollins, and, and then I noticed something, all these different last names, Patton, and Duckett, and uh, Param, and Wilson, and Brooks, and I'm like, I don't know these people, but yet I'm listed on the family with them. Matter of fact, my last name is Rollins, who is this? Who's Snowden? And I found out that this is my grandmom's maiden name. And what's crazy about what's on the back of this t-shirt is some of the people that my parents told me to avoid, their name is on the t-shirt. Some of the people that don't have the same history as I have, their name is on the t-shirt. They don't all look like me. They don't all vote like me. They don't all talk like me. They don't like walk like me. They... They go to different churches. They go to different denominations. Some of them, they've betrayed some of our family, but yet they're still listed on the back of our T-shirt as family. And as we unpack this thought of family reunion, many of us right now are in a place with our biological families that we're like, man, there's some unforgiveness. There's some issues in our family. There are some people that we don't really want to invite to the family reunion. There are some people who have done some things to us and betrayed us and lied on us and talked about us. And if we're honest, we're kind of divided in the family, but yet on the back of the t-shirt, they're still listed. I wonder if God was handing out a t-shirt this morning 
Would he take into consideration those that we don't have relationship with? Would he take into consideration those who, uh, you know, who our relationships might be fractured a little bit with our family, those who have lied on us, cheated on us, those who are a little bit different than us, those who have a different history than us? I wonder if God would not have their names on the back of the t-shirt, but I don't believe that heaven's going to look like that. I believe that heaven is going to be people from all nations, all tribes, and all tongues, and on the back of the t-shirt in heaven, it's not going to say Snowden, it's not going to say Rollins, it's going to say Jesus, because over the name of Jesus, come on somebody, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's time for a family reunion. When I think about family reunions, I like family is important to God. See, I think we need a spiritual family reunion. We need to recognize that we as co-heirs of this promise to Abraham, that our goal, our job is to live out this great commission, this great commission of anybody, everybody and anyone. This great commission of love, this great commission of grace, this great commission of peace, this great commission of joy, that anybody who is uh, uh, deficient of any of those things, that we would love beyond the lines, that we would love outside the boundaries of preference, outside the boundaries of unforgiveness, outside the boundaries of, of, of political party, and, and, and start living this love like this. Like instead of letting people know what we're against, let's let them know who we're for. I feel like preaching in this white church today. I'm joking. Come on, somebody. We can go to church if we want to. Don't judge me. Jaira, you are enough. That's all I got. I'm tired. In fact, what Paul's talking about here in Scripture and when we put on these new clothes, it's like putting on a t-shirt. It's like, man, just you need grace, you're part of the family. You need forgiveness, you're a part of the family. I don't know if you knew this, but when you got saved, we became family. Come on, somebody, y'all got a black uncle. You can't dance, I can, we can dance. Come on, somebody. In fact, when you gave your life to God, your ethnic culture became subculture to the kingdom culture. Uh-huh. You know, I, 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 I pastored a church for, for, for almost 15 years in Baltimore City. I'm still living. Come on, somebody. I'm still here. <laughs> and I, I pastored a 99.5% African-American church because my wife's biracial. Some of y'all ain't catch it yet. You're like, huh? <laughs> like half of her could dance, half of her couldn't. Come on. Like. <laughs> half of her was Republican. I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. And what I have come to discover is we are trying to fix symptoms in the body of Christ and not the main issue. Racism is a symptom. 
Unforgiveness is a symptom. Hate is a symptom. Come on, I'm not talking about race. Let's just talk about your biological family. How many of y'all got some jacked up family? Come on, raise your hand like, yep, sitting next to them. And guess what? If you ain't got your hand up, you're probably the jacked up family. Everything's okay with me. No, it's not. You crazy. There's nothing worse than dealing with somebody who crazy who don't know they crazy. I can deal with crazy when you know you're crazy. You just need a pill, a sedative, <laughs> a life jacket, a, a, a straight jacket or something. We got crazy family. And what I have found all throughout Scripture from the beginning is the symptoms that we are dealing with is because of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden, which made our family, our spiritual family, crazy. In Romans chapter 8, it says what? It says that when Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone has sinned. Everybody, everybody. Every single person. We, we, we are sinners saved by grace. We, we, we jacked up. We are eternally wicked. You know, Scripture talks about as filthy rags. I don't want to be called that, though. Don't, don't do that. Um, I want to be a clean rag, you know. <laughs> has nothing to do with my sermon, just felt... We needed some pressure of relief and, and heaviness right there. Come on, somebody. Clean rags. But when every, what does sin ultimately do? It separates us from God. Like, when the enemy started talking to Adam and Eve, what happened? They were separated. And when they were separated, we can start to see the main cause, not the symptom. Because what happens is, is when the symptom shows up, it points back to the main cause cause. The main cause is sin, and sin separates us from God. So here's the idea. If we are separated from God, don't you think we're going to be separated from one another? Come on, y'all. Adam and Eve sin. Same color, divided. The issue is division, not discrimination. Discrimination is a symptom. The issue is division. The enemy works through division. His greatest weapon is division. A house divided against itself cannot stand. A city divided against itself and cannot stand. The kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Come on, y'all. We have to break the stronghold that is causing division in the spiritual family, in the biological family, so that we can live out the Great Commission, so that the Great Commission won't be a great omission. It's about dominion. You see, in Genesis 1.28, it says, then God blessed them. God blessed them, all of us, male and female. He blessed them, and then he says, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, so that you can have what? Dominion. Dominion is heaven coming to earth. When dominion shows up, people are healed. When dominion shows up, chains are loosed. When dominion shows up, come on somebody, the blood of Jesus covers us. When dominion shows up, everything that doesn't look like God has to transform and turn into its purpose. When dominion, heaven is not a place that you just go to when you die. You can have heaven here on earth. Come on somebody. The 
but division and dominion don't go together. Because I want you to know this. All that God is doing in this church, all that God is doing around the world, God is up to some good stuff, y'all. Right, people are getting healed. People are getting delivered. Come on, all these testimonies y'all talked about this morning. Do you know why that happens? It's when dominion sets down. It's when heaven invades earth and the presence of God and the glory of God begins to, come on somebody, create a weight, a weight, not a heavy weight, but an eternal weight, an eternal weight that comes and, and everything that doesn't look like God. Some of you think you got goosebumps. It's not even cold. It's the Holy Spirit right now because heaven came into James River Church today and no one gets to leave unless you're healed. No one gets to leave unless you're free. No one gets to leave unless you are delivered. But we got we to gotta do this dominion thing. Psalms 133 says, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. You cannot be fruitful by yourself. You cannot multiply alone. Come on. We need the kingdom of God to show up. You know that the kingdom of God doesn't have a preference? I'm going to tell y'all something. I ain't tell the last service. Y'all ready this? I'm going to tell y'all, we struggle and we put our focus on what divides us. What if we put our focus on what unites us? Do you know that cancer has no political affiliation? Do you know that depression, anxiety, and fear, and discouragement has no skin color? Do you what unites us is this universal need of Jesus Christ? What unites us is the blood of Jesus at the foot of the cross that says, I am a sinner saved by grace. And what a, our church services might be longer or shorter, but we, Jesus, as long as Jesus shows up, who cares? Who cares if Carrie Joe sings Break Every Chain or Tasha Cobb sings Break Every Chain? As long as the chain breaker shows up, I don't care if we clap on the one and the three or the two and the four. Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hmm. Yeah, I'm old school. I'll be 50 next year. I know what y'all thinking. Like, oh, you look young. Black don't crack. It's real. <laughs> It's real. Brandon, yesterday was playing golf. He burnt. I got a tan. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's in pain today. I'm good. Y'all know? It's advantages to this thing. <laughs> it's called sun privilege. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I feel at home, so I feel good. I feel good. Security? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Principalities and powers. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? It's a lie or accusation that the enemy plants in the minds of believers that are contrary to God's word. A stronghold is an idea, an ideology that we hold on to that's not from God. It's not biblical. I don't want to forgive them. I don't love them. If I don't love them, you can't love them. Y'all know them people that try to get you to unlove the people that they love? I mean, that they don't love anymore, that they unloved, and then you start talking about, talk about them. Let's talk about them. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell, tell, me, tell you what they did to me. You don't realize that we're creating division, and when division is there, God wants to heal us. He's looking for dominion, a heart. He, he has to trust us with multiplication. Do you know that God doesn't heal you for you? 
He uses you. So somebody be like, oh, God, you didn't heal her. If you healed her, that means you can heal me. It's called testimony. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Everything that God is doing in your life is not for you. He wants to do it through you so that he can get to the heart that won't believe you. Come on, somebody. And when they believe you and see what God's doing in you, they get healed. But if we have division in our heart, it stops with us, and he doesn't do it through us. It's kind of weird to hold on to something that was supposed to multiply. Ooh, you're like, ooh, that hurt. Stop, please. <laughs> nah, guys, this is, I'm old school. See, old school, we used to say, I went to the enemy's camp. Come on, y'all. Y'all know it. Y'all are AG Church. And I took back what it stole from me. Took back what it stole from me. Took back what it stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what it stole from me. He under my feet. He's under, and y'all be, he's under. That's white, that's white shout. This white shout, this white shout, this, this black shout. Come on, somebody. This white shout, black shout. Satan is under my feet. Can I tell you that you have the authority to get Satan under your feet? But he will never get under our feet until we get him out of our head and break the stronghold of what our great-granddaddy told us and what somebody told us. Come on, somebody. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God says I will hear their prayers, forgive them of their sin, and heal our land. God, heal the land of our nation. Heal the land of our world. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Racism, under my feet, under my feet. Betrayal, under my feet, under my feet. Sickness, under my feet, under my feet. Discouragement, under my feet, under my feet. Diabetes, under my feet. Everything, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. If it has a name, it has a knee. And if it has a knee, it has to bow to the name that is above every name. That is the name of Jesus. I'm out of breath. I should have. I needed the Peloton a little bit more, y'all. Woo! Jesus, give me a second. Okay, here we go. So, guys, how we live this out? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. How do we create a family reunion? It's a hard one. Love intentionally. Love has to look for lack. You ever told your spouse I love you? Come on. Y'all married? Raise your hand if you've ever said I love you. Well, let me tell you what you're really saying. Everything that doesn't look like God, I'm committed to, and I'll be around to restore it and be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus and usher you, I am your blueprint of your purpose. Like, love, God is love. Like, God doesn't wake up and say, you know what, I think I love them today. <laughs> you know what, y'all cooked me dinner, so I love you today. You know what? I, no, God is love. He doesn't decide to love, but yet we are called to love like God, but yet we decide to love based off of what people think, how they act, 
But God's love is different. It looks for someone who's unforgivable. And it says, I'm called to you. I'm committed to you. I'm the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. You may be the Jesus that someone, the only Jesus that someone ever sees. You. So what you post matters. What you say matters. We got to love intentionally. Greatest commandments. Love the Lord God with all of your heart. Y'all good with that one? Not a good one. Love the Lord God. Come on, if you, you give God some praise. If, you, if that's a good one, I'm going to love God. I worship you. Jaira, you are enough. All of that. I love God. Now, loving people, God, you, you ain't had to go there. How many of y'all got some family that's hard to love? Come on, just hard to love. You're sitting next to them right now. Just hard to love. You hard to love. Your breath is bad right now. Come on, somebody. You need a mint in the Holy Ghost. What is wrong with your stomach that it is erupting that kind of aroma from your mouth? Come on. You need deliverance in your gut. You need gut health. Come on, Jesus. It's easy to love God, but it's hard to love them, whoever them are. I'm talking about the people who hurt you. I'm talking about the people who lied on you. I'm talking about what happened to you when you were 3, 13, 22, that you're still carrying around. I'm talking about some of the people who are dead and gone, and you still don't forgive them. I'm talking about the people who were living in your head rent-free. Love them? It hurts. Love them? They rioted. Love them? There's injustice. Love them? Can I tell you something? When people are at their worst, love is at its best. I felt like I had in there right now, white people shout right here when I say this point. When people are at their worst, love is at its best. There we go. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not coming at you. My wife is biracial. I'm allowed to say these things. Half of her mad at me. Guys, this is serious. What do we do? I can't change it from inside the four walls of a church. We got to go to the four corners of the earth. It says, love God with all your heart, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Can I? You want this? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. It's easy to love a neighbor when you get to pick the neighborhood. But can you love the neighbor from the neighborhood you avoid? that we don't have proximity with, it's hard. It's hard to love the neighbor that don't agree with me. I want you to, I want you to get this. Dominion, you ready, Brandon? It requires nations. My neighbor is nations. Nations. That's why God chose Abraham, probably, because he told him, I'm going to bless you and make you a nation. 
Inside of you is a nation. How does a nation and division stay in the same heart? I don't want you to, there is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Like conviction and condemnation, two different things. Don't be like, he just judged me. I don't judge you. This is preached to me. There's some black folks I don't like. Just being real. Sometimes I don't like my mom. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> Can I boil it down to something? It's very simple. It is time for all of God's people to love all of God's people. Number two is we got to listen intently. Okay, I got love. I can love you from afar. Come on, somebody. Y'all got that family you just don't want them to move next to you? You don't want them to move close? And y'all got family like, stay far. Don't visit. Be a faraway neighbor. Come on, somebody. Listen. My wife tells me this. You have to listen to me. I'm like, you talk long. I tried. I, I did the first 45 minutes. I, I would listen. But now we're on 45 days in the same conversation. I just need help. <laughs> listen. Well, isn't it crazy how we know somebody else's experience better than them? <laughs> so we've got three kids. I hope. I'm sorry, honey. It just this felt good. <laughs> Jaden, Kayla, Maya. I never my wife says, we're pregnant the first time. I was like, no, we ain't pregnant. You pregnant. I was in the process, but you pregnant. And then I was new at this father thing. So I was trying to figure it out. This was, you know, 22 years ago. I'm like, they, they gave me in this class called Lamaze class. It got weird. It was a whole lot of la ladies breathing heavy on the floor, and I just didn't know where to look. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, and they're telling my wife, and it sounded like a, a beat to me, so I start beatboxing. Yes. So then we get to the labor room. It's time. I'm like, it's time. Let's go! I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to grab. Y'all can come on out. Like, uh, I didn't know. Uh, um, what, I didn't so I won't remember. So my wife's labor pain start, and I start. I hold her hand, and, and, and I, I can't do anything. I've never experienced. I'm never going to birth a baby. I'm never going to experience. The last thing I would say, it's not that bad. <laughs> Aren't you over that yet? That was in the past. You should do better now because of the epidural. I would have got slapped. She wouldn't have laid hands. She would have threw them. You know what I learned to do? I learned to hold my wife's hand and help her breathe through pain that I would never experience myself. I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we don't listen well. Because we don't want to like be pigeonholed that we're that. What if you just held the hand of somebody going through pain, going through a moment, 
And rather than judge it, just say, you know what? I'm going to hold your hand. And I'm going to help you breathe through pain that I'll never experience myself. And just say, I'm going to be with you. crazy, isn't it? Last night, we had a bison. It was the biggest piece of meat. It was just, it was the anointing on a plate in the form of bison. It, it, was, a, it was beautiful. Well, my son's was. Mine was cooked, overdone. And I was like, it's because I'm black, and but Jaden's black too, so it wouldn't have worked. So. <laughs> and 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 I like my steak medium rare. I'm a medium rare guy. Maybe occasionally a medium rare plus. Where, where, where y'all at? Where my medium rare people at? Come on, somebody. See, we family. How, how many of y'all love to be comfortable? Raise your hand. I love to be comfortable. I don't love to be comfortable. I prefer to be comfortable. So comfort, comfort is great for me. Come on, y'all. I love to be comfortable. I love to sleep in a cold room with a heavy blanket. It's just me. I got ADD, so I need that. Come on, somebody. It's my comfort. And then I prefer to be comfortable. I prefer to be comfortable. And how many of y'all prefer to be comfortable? I prefer life centered around me. I'm just going to be real. So I'm comfortable. I prefer to be comfortable. But here's what happens. I love medium rare. I prefer medium rare. What happens is medium rare can become my standard. And then I only invite people to dinner that like medium rare. Are y'all with me? Medium rare is where it's at. You like medium rare? You like, come on over for dinner. So now I, I, I started at comfort. I'm, I'm comfortable with medium rare. I, I prefer medium rare. Medium rare became my standard. Now when medium rare becomes my standard, I lose proximity with everybody who likes their steak rare, everybody who likes their steak medium well, everybody who likes their steak beef jerky, I lose proximity, and when I lose proximity, I start stereotyping everybody who doesn't like their steak the way that I like my steak. Why? Because I lose proximity with anybody who doesn't like medium rare. You know what that's called? Stereotyping. You know what stereotyping is? It's when your mind decides to stop learning based off of past proximity. And when I don't have proximity, it's so easy for me to say, those people, they, all the people who like, well done. <laughs> Come on. Y'all need to get saved. We'll have an altar call in a second. <laughs> and then I start prejudging. I move from comfort to standard. I mean, comfort from, from comfort to preference to standard to prejudgment. I prejudge everybody because I don't have proximity with anybody who likes their steak different than me. And then you know what I'm really doing? I'm really saying that medium rare steak lovers are superior over every other preference of steak. So I don't listen to anyone else and their experience with steak. But I'm called to love. I'm supposed to love people that don't eat steak the way I eat it. I'm supposed to love people that don't go to church 
The same kind of church I go to. I'm supposed to love people that don't think like me, vote like me, act like me, look like me, or even like me. God, help me to love like your son, Jesus Christ, God. Anybody, everybody, and anyone. Help me, God. Second Chronicles, it says, if my people, us, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their rare, from their medium rare, from their well done, from their medium rare plus, turn from their ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal the land. People of God, the land needs to be healed, but the land of our heart is the way that it gets healed. The last thought I want to give you is to live purposefully. I want to live this commission life. I want to live this life of loving people that don't have the same golf handicap as me. Come on, somebody. I want to love people, God. I want to love like you. You know what? Can I just boil this message down to one thought? It is time for all of God's people to love all of God's people. I love this scripture. I'm going to end on this in Acts chapter 2. And, and I love this because this was kind of like an Aunt Bessie anointing. On the last, on the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place, unity. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like a roaring, come on somebody, mighty windstorm, unity. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, unity. Then what looked like to be flames of tongues and fire appeared and settled on them, unity. And everybody present was filled with the Holy Ghost, watch, unity, and began speaking in other languages. They were all there from all different nations, all different tribes. In all different tongues and when the church house come on somebody got a holy anointing to get together on one place it erupted that city and they begin to understand one another and tongues of fire broke out and then God gave Peter an Aunt Bessie anointing and Peter got an extra box of t-shirts and the Bible says that Peter preached his first sermon and 3,000 people were added and Peter was like you got a history you need a t-shirt You're different than me. You need a t-shirt. Can y'all stand with me in this house? And I am praying for God to give James River an Aunt Bessie anointing to hand the t-shirt out to everybody who doesn't yet take part in being a part of this family. God help us. God, send down your rain. Send down your presence. Send down your anointing from heaven. Father, in Jesus' name. God, I repent. I repent from having my ways. I repent from blocking. My mind says I repent for allowing my hurts to hinder unity, to hinder your presence from coming to our family, from coming to our spiritual family. And God, I am purposing myself to live purposefully, to listen intently, and to love God. Love, 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 love purposefully. God, give us your heart. In Jesus' name. Help us, God. I love you, God. Guys, you can start calling me Uncle Jimmy. I feel family here. <laughs>